handed out uh, lesson three on accepting adversity and tragedy last week. Uh, I have one copy up here, maybe another one. No, and most of them are on the table back there. Uh, we we uh, hopefully we'll get into this lesson three today. But uh, we left a question from two weeks ago. Last week we didn't look at it. We said we'd look at it today. And uh, so to get a little background, in lesson two, uh, we studied as, uh, Psalms 73, uh, Psalm of Asaph. And uh, was there also some Psalms, I mean, some passages from Isaiah? And uh, anyway, um, does anybody remember how the thought came up that, uh, and, we, and by the way, uh, for those of you who haven't been in the class, uh, we've been looking at uh, adversity and tragedy and how we as Christians are to uh, look at it, face it, uh, how we are to react to it act to it, however, and uh, in lesson two, the, well, there's a couple of illustrations, but one was the Oklahoma City bombing. How could God be a loving God and, and let those children be, as well as the adults, but there were a lot of children in day, daycares there, and let them, let them be uh, slaughtered like that, and uh, lesson two, the there was a quotation from one of the women there that uh, I guess was in Oklahoma City. But anyhow, she, whether she was from Oklahoma City, I'm not, I don't remember. Uh, she didn't think that uh, a loving God would allow something like that, paraphrasing that, that quote in Lesson 2. And so uh, Asaph in Psalm 73 had, had somewhat to say. Uh, he was uh, looking at adversity, I guess you could put it that way, and how he reacted to it. And his final conclusion was uh, to, to uh, look to God, what God says. Anyhow, it came up that uh, how does God look at, uh, and I'm not phrasing the question, but uh, how does God look at, I'm phrasing it correctly, how does God look at, uh, uh, or how should we look at how God uh, looks at death? Does God take anybody? Uh, he decide, does he decide this person will die and that person will stay alive? Or Do, re, do you remember the, the uh, background of the question that brought up Isaiah? Fifty-seven, verse one. If you turn there, that's the that the question. That was the passage that the question brought up. Any of you who were here two weeks ago? Kelly.
Okay, so the, uh, the thought is brought up that, that God takes you, uh, that your time is up and he takes you. Uh, uh, and does that do away with man's free will, et cetera, et cetera? The, so the question comes is, do the, do the scriptures uh, teach us that, yes, God takes this person when, uh, when that person dies, God took him. God took him, and that's, that's why he died, I guess would be one way of putting it. But uh, that may not be looking at the whole question or anything. Anyhow, so does God take a person when they die? Is, is it he determines that they're going to die now? Uh, how else should we express it besides Kelly? Go ahead. At an essence of fire? Herod. Okay, 12. Definitely judged him and took him at that time as a judge. Um, but I brought up Isaiah 57, which, do you want me to read it? Again? Go ahead and read it out of your version. I want several. The righteous perish, and no one ponders it in his heart. Devout men are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Those who walk uprightly return to peace. They find rest as they lie in death. So I think um, that even though it's true time can't happen to all men, um, we wouldn't pray for healing for people if we didn't think that God might intervene with time and chance, that he might take someone in judgment, or he might allow a righteous person to die No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. No. Uh, that kind of sums it up. The, the question comes when you hear people say, well, Aunt Lizzie, God took Aunt Lizzie. How do you know? You don't. Right? Does God take people? Acts, the 12th chapter, is what Kelly mentioned there. He did with Herod. Does that mean that he takes people every time that they die? Like he did Herod? I see some no. So a person that says, well, God took Aunt Lizzie the other night. How do you know? that God took Aunt Lizzie. She's dead, yeah, there's no question, she's dead, but how do you know God took her? That he caused her death like he did Herod, let's just say. We got Ted and, and then Mitch. Ted? Touch the ark? 
That's, that's an example of Acts, this 12th chapter. He took Herod. He took uh, Uzzah. He touched the ark. He violated God's will. He took Ananias and Sapphira in Acts, the 5th chapter. They violated, they lied against God. They lied to God. Does God do that sometime? God takes people sometimes, doesn't he? From, part, go ahead. You can probably clarify when, when you say God took someone, what, is, what are you talking about? He caused their death or when they died he received their soul? No, I'm not talking about the second thing. I'm talking about God caused their death. Herod and an ice of fire. I don't know if that's what most people think when they say God took Aunt Lizzie that he caused her death. I don't know if that's what they're saying or not. Uh, I saw several hands, and Mitch was next, and then we got some over here. And, and what we need to clarify, again, with Brian, bringing it up, God took Aunt Lizzie. Does that mean he took her soul home or did he cause her death? That's, that's we need to clarify what to which we're talking about there. A lot of times, did, did, did God cause Aunt Lizzie's death? Is that what you mean that God took her? Or do you mean that he took her home? As some put it that way. Let's just, let's, let's, yeah, that, <laughs> that second one, we don't know. But the, the one where God caused the death, that's, that's what a lot of people say, God caused Aunt Lizzie's death. Uh, Jeff, and then I think your hand was up. God has purpose? Those particular ones that we're talking about, uh, Anna Sapphira, is that your, okay, and, and uh, Herod? All right. Go ahead, Gail. I agree with him. The person had the, the sign on their life because when the scriptures say they have different, if they have different interests, if they have both, the scriptures are very clear that they have a lot of different interests. Um, I'm not sure. Explain a little more. I'm not sure I'm following you. Okay, so uh, God took Aunt Lizzie as kind of a comfort thing. In other words, this is not saying that God caused her death. She had her time. She had her time. I had a lady on my route just died a week or two ago, and, and she said she was ready. She said, you know, I'll, you know, she was looking at it. But her family had had the same, same thing for her. She died, okay, she was by herself. She was there for everybody. She was living in this house all by herself. And, you know, her mother taking care of herself. Did God say that she's going to die that day and there's no other, no other possibility? Yeah. That, that gets to the audacious numbers. Yeah. <laughs> understanding. There's a bunch of understandings on audacious yeah. numbers. Yeah, audacious numbers, yes. Ted, go ahead. 
Did God? Okay, God deemed it so that we're going to die someday. Did he, he, did he deem it the day that I'm going to die? Tough question. Yes, Susan. I used to tell my children when they would ask me a tough question like that, I'd say, well, you're looking for a mouth about how you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer to a lot of questions. That's right. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Um, is, there, is there a passage that says, and we're going to get to the Isaiah passage, that says God takes a person not like Ananias and Spira, not like Herod, people in general. God took Aunt Lizzie, meaning he caused her death that day. Isaiah, I always forget it's 57 or 67. Isaiah 57, verse 1. And uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. Another version. The righteous perish and no man layeth to heart. Layeth it. Kind of an old version. To heart. And merciful men are taken away. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Another version. The next verse, indeed. Verse 2. He uh, enters into peace. This is the righteous man. Enters into peace. They rest in their beds who walk in their uprightness. Isaiah. I think in order to understand this passage, we need some background to Isaiah. Isaiah wrote before the Babylonians came and took the southern kingdom away. Isaiah has a whole lot to say about the wickedness that is in the country, Judah, southern kingdom. Why God's going to take them away into captivity, Babylonian captivity. He condemns them for this and that, idolatry, you name it, uh, prostitution, uh, just on and on. And so uh, Isaiah is telling him, there's going to be a time when you're going to be taken away into captivity. So my question as to this passage in relating to what our question is, uh, by the way, does somebody have another version they'd like to read? Uh, I read from the English Standard Version. I read from the old whatever it is. I don't even know what this is that I copied. I read from the NIV. NIV, okay. And that's what I have there. Oh, that's what you read. But okay. This is my own personal thought. You tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> All right, we're settled. God is not saying that he takes the righteous person away and causes him to die. He's saying that the righteous man is taken away in this upheaval that's coming, and he is taken away, and he'll not have to suffer 
what's going to happen to these people. God didn't cause this guy that he's talking about in Isaiah 57 to die. It's the circumstances which he lives, he's going to be, he's going to be, he, he's going to, uh, as many people were killed in, in uh, the sieges and so on. Uh, so the righteous man is not going to face that evil, if you want to put it that way, that's coming to them because he is, he's taken away his life uh, ends. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. In other words, I'm not sure that this passage is saying God took Lizzie and she's gone because it was God took her. As I understand most people are saying that. And of course, we've already got two ideas about what people say, when they, what they mean when they say Aunt Lizzie. God took Aunt Lizzie. Uh, Hebrew parallelism. Let's see if I can... I had it written down here somewhere. Um, I don't need to refer to my notes, maybe. Anyway, uh, the righteous man perishes. No one lays at heart. That's saying, the next phrase is saying the same thing. The devout man is taken away while no one understands. Those two phrases there, A and B, are saying the same thing. For the righteous man is to awake, taken away from the calamity for, and you might say when, as this one doesn't, but for the righteous man is taken away from calamity, he enters into peace. He dies before the calamity comes. He's taken away his, his death. He doesn't explain how the death came. He doesn't explain how he was taken away. So I was uh, saying, I wouldn't use it to say that God takes this person and takes that person from Isaiah 57. Brian? Your context here of Judah being taken away, uh, when those Babylonian kids, I mean, they were, they were destructive and righteous and wicked guy, as I understand it. And some righteous were taken into captivity. I can just see some righteous Israelites saying, why is this happening, Lord? It's man, mankind has asked for, that's what this whole lesson is about. Why is this happening? Yeah. And, uh, and the theme of, this, of these whole lessons, I believe, are going to be because God took a risk and created us with a free will, we make choices. Human beings make choices, and sometimes the innocent suffer from the, the choices or the consequences that are being or, or what the wicked does. Am I correct in that? The, the righteous suffer because of what the wicked do, which happened to many of those righteous there in Judah. <clears throat> so um, the, the background context does really help us, and I think it connects to the whole theme is, as to why, why they're suffering, which is a huge question. Before I get Kelly, let me, let me emphasize my viewpoint doesn't necessarily mean you've got to accept it, of course. My viewpoint is that this is not a passage that I would use to say Aunt, uh, that God took Aunt Lizzie away because he takes me in a way, he causes them to die, if you want to put it that way. He caused her death. Now, as I say, there was another viewpoint on what that phrase means, God took Aunt Lizzie away. 
but um, I thought I had something else. I was going, okay, go ahead, Kelly. That's the crook. That's part of the crux of the matter. Time and chance after everybody. That is Ecclesiastes passage. Doesn't mean that everybody has this and this this happened to them because time and chance happened. That, you have to get the context there and so on. And we're not in Ecclesiastes right now, but 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 uh, that doesn't mean that time and ha chance happened. So that's all there is to it. God didn't leave it to uh, whatever. Uh, I'll get my thought back to that. Uh, is that Megan back there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, you're sick, prayed to God. God gave him life. Can we do that? Yeah. But does that mean every time that somebody is sick and you pray to them and God doesn't, I mean, and they go ahead and die that he didn't hear? No. Does God hear every prayer? Yes. The answer may not be as what you wanted, but he hears it. Well, it's a deep subject. All right, go ahead. A lot of this. That's helped me in the past a lot of times is I pray that God may allow it. He just used it two or three times. But I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other. Do you use that phrase? God may have allowed this to happen? I, I use it quite a bit but to help me with this whole thing, but I don't know if it fits the concept that, yeah. that's in here or not. That's another good question. Does God allow anything? Yeah, he allows a lot of things, but... Uh, we, we're talking about a tragedy and what is the other uh, adversity and so on um, death uh, I won't get into that go ahead Jeff I, I, I didn't know which was Jeff or Lysander first but we'll go we'll let you get brothers fight it out there Our body's not going to live forever? We're not, no, it's been arranged for John to live forever. God didn't design it, that's right. But it's going to wear out. Yep. So we're going to die sometime. Pointed at a man, how many? Four score in ten years? Yeah. 
I'll come back to that. Go ahead, Lysander. And I think it is in the sense that Isaiah got, uh, is saying here that the, the righteous man, because of the situation in which the country was in, is going to be taken away so that he will not suffer. But God didn't take him away, zapped him, if you want to put it that way, took his spirit uh, so that he, he wouldn't suffer those things. He, however his death came is not to explain there. But anyway... Uh, we could get into a lot of things, and I said, uh, okay, hey, go ahead, Larry. Uh, I've got a question for you. All right. We'll see if they can answer it. <laughs> you know, the Bible uh, gives us an example of a man who was in torment. He wanted to go down and tell his brothers. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that incident there, uh, we, can, we can say that anything like that would happen today. But that gets into the subject of uh, where we go when we die. And that's too big of a subject we can get into. I, I don't think that people, like Larry's mentioning my father or his father, I don't think they're looking down. I don't know. Just my, my uh, think so. I don't think they're looking down and uh, like that uh, rich man was t uh, in, in that story of Jesus is saying he, that he did. Um, but that's my short answer with not a lot of proof behind it. I just don't think th things like that happen now. Uh, we're running out of time, but Ken, you've got a hand up back there. I thought we already had. 
Okay. I think we all know that, Ken. We don't. We don't need to go through all of that. And then you get down to Jesus Christ. How many, on their own merits, found salvation in the Old Testament? Ken, that's not a part of our question today. We're, you're looking at the whole eternal purpose of God, and and that we don't need to go through all of that. No, it isn't. We know that, Ken, and we're not talking about salvation for the unrighteous. We're talking about, does God take a person? Aunt Lizzie died, so God took her. That hasn't got anything to do with God's eternal purpose in answering that particular question right now. It has everything to do with everything. I, I grant you that. But we don't need to take the time to go through all of that eternal purpose of God right now. Okay? Now... Um, I, last time I mentioned that he, he looked up uh, some uh, comments from some commentary. I did too. Kylan Dalich was what I was reading from a while ago, are Hebrew scholars. I take them like any other guy that writes anything. And um, their, their comment is, is some, somewhat like what I said, that the situation that it needs to be understood in Isaiah and why, why was this guy taken away, however he may have been taken away, whether it's by the Babylonians or what, he was taken away so that he wouldn't have to suffer, uh, or he died, however his death was, so that he wouldn't have to suffer the things uh, um, that would, would be coming uh, in the kingdom. Um, God allowed it? Yeah. Sounds like it. But uh, do we have the answer to all of these questions? What did we start out with when we started, answer, uh, started this series? We're going to be able to answer every question that comes up, right? No. no. And we said that in a very general sense, the question, if it's a very general question, it might be able to answer it. But when you get down to one specific incident, then we may not have an answer for it. And, that, that, and I don't have a lesson three or one right before me right now, but that, that was one of the guiding principles, uh, so to speak, that, that we... Uh, this class will attempt to deal with his tragedies and adversities of life and try to give more, uh, more than a superficial answer to the questions they provide. The ultimate goal of the class is to find biblical and thus God-given answers wherever they are provided. But before we begin, we must recognize that a full, satisfactory answer may not exist to all of the questions we pose. While it is perfectly natural to have questions, and clearly God's desire is for us to look to his word for answers, it is equally important that we be able to accept those circumstances where no answer is uh, provided. One tendency that we all note throughout the will note throughout the class is that more generic, broad let me pack, back up and try that again. One tendency that we will note throughout the class is that the more generic and broad the question, the greater the likelihood that there is a Bible answer. <laughs> for example, the Bible really does. For example, the Bible really does explain why there is death and disease in the world. The more personal and detailed the question, that is, why do I have cancer? 
etc., the less likely there will be a fully satisfactory answer. However, it is also true that these are the questions we most intently want answered. So, we've tossed around a lot of thoughts today, and I appreciate it. Uh, but there are some things that we are not going to be able to answer. Ted, go ahead. Say, who was it? Enoch was, was not, for God took him. And, and we don't know how that worked. I mean, That's right. <laughs> he, God trans, transformed, is that one word? There's another word, too. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those questions, Ted, that I don't know what God did to him other than he took him. And yeah. And uh, because he walked with God, God took him. And uh, my understanding is he didn't allow him to die the physical death. He just took him. But I don't know anybody like that that's happened since then, right? Okay. They went, uh, Elisha or Elijah? Okay. And Eli Elisha saw him. Okay. All right. So there's two. Any others? Not that I know of. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Who did? Moses. Moses died. God took him and buried him. That's interesting. That's another subject. That's <laughs> <laughs> How many people has God taken and buried? Okay. Um, I know we're taking a lot of time on that, but I, I wanted to do it not only to, to investigate and look at the passage that Kelly brought up, but I wanted to do it to emphasize that you have input in these classes. And appreciate your, your comments and your questions and everything. That we don't have to um, forget anybody saying anything but me. And, and that is what I, I want you to do is to, to give us input. Uh, sometimes I say something and I didn't mean that's what I believe. I say it in order to get you to think about what I said. Uh, so anyway, sometimes I'll tell you this is my opinion. This is my thoughts, and take it for what it's worth. But a lot, and as we just read from the first lesson, uh, a lot of things that can be brought up in these lessons uh, are interesting and may be profitable, uh, but uh, there are some things that God hasn't answered for us, specifically uh, about Aunt Lizzie. All right, lesson three, and our time will be gone. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into it, but just, just this much. Let me see if I can find my sheet. Um, lesson three, introduction and review. That's always what happens here in these, these first three lessons as we go back. Lesson three is listening to God. In fact, is that's what lesson two is about, that we need to listen to God. Uh, be prepared, no matter what the adversity or tragedy is, uh, 
be prepared by having listened to God. That woman in, in Oklahoma City hadn't prepared herself. To, to, and so she, she used, and the lesson two talks about it. It talks about emotions. Her emotions took over rather than her uh, thinking cap, so to speak. Uh, in, the, in lesson three here, in the introduction review, the previous lessons we've established the need for dependence on revelation from God to give us insight into his character and his plans. And that's what I just got through saying. A moment of crisis, in a moment of crisis, all too often we lean on our emotion to form our opinions about the goodness of God. This explains why it is important to go to God's revelation, the Bible, in times when we are not tested, in times when we're not tested, to establish as deeply as possible the, a true picture of God and his abiding care for us. So we go to the Bible to, to establish, establish a true picture of God. Do we always understand the, the true picture of God? Is Isaiah that said, for my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, so some of those we're not going to understand. But what we're endeavoring to do here is to establish, in these first three lessons particularly, establish that we've got to have the, the groundwork, uh, the biblical groundwork, to be able to look at <coughs> excuse me, adversity, tragedy, death, whatever, uh, with, with emotion, but, with, but not with total emotion. Uh, you, you use, use God's uh, guidance as much as possible to answer some of the questions, how are we to act, how we're to uh, look at uh, ta tragedies and death and adversity and so on. Wilma? Work out your salvation with, yeah, work out your, that's Philippians, isn't it? Work out your sal salvation with fear and trembling. So there, there's, there's some mental uh, exercise that is needed in, in our, our lives, and, and uh, fear and trembling, uh, respect for God and his word, uh, and so forth, and uh, we may not always understand everything. We may not always have an answer for everything. But at least our foundation is faith in God. And uh, he, he'll provide. And that's another thing I was going to say a while ago. I don't understand everything about the providence of God. Does he work providentially? I believe he does. And the scriptures teach it. But uh, that's another subject. Gail? Certain things happen to you that, that makes it difficult to go through something very similar again. If I was driving in a Volkswagen and I wanted to pass somebody, I'd, I'd hesitate a whole lot longer than I did the first time that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Our days are numbered four score and ten. No. That not that passage? No. Anybody know where the passage says our days are numbered? Teach us to number our days. Somebody said it back there? I didn't hear it. Some Psalms 19, 90. And verse 10. <laughs> if our days are numbered, Psalms 90, verse 10, or whatever that passage was, does God know when that day comes when our spirit leaves our body? Can he know? Yes, he can know probably, but does he take the Does he, in his mind, say, okay, that person's got so many days? Doesn't mean that he's going to cause their death necessarily. I said it again, uh, Jeff. It might be one of those secret things that belong to God. Uh, that's, a <laughs> that's another big subject. Of can, can, <clears throat> does God look into the future? Can he look into the future? Well, yes. I don't think there's... But does he uh, look into the future and say, okay, I see George over there is going to die on April the 16th, 2020. I don't know the answer to that. Our days are numbered. Does that mean that I've got 6,644 days to live? I don't think that's what it means. I, you know, I said, I don't, I don't think that's what it means. <sighs> Tough questions, great questions. Difficult to answer a lot of them. Go ahead, John. Psalms 90. Okay, this, this is a passage that uh, we'll leave with uh, today. Psalms 90, and beginning with what verse 4? 4 through 5. 1 through 5. This is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Psalms 90. Lord, you have been uh, our dwelling place on all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you ever formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them all away as with flood, and like the flood. You sweep them all away as a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed uh, in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. What passage in the New Testament does that uh, remind you of? 
For life is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. I think that's what Psalms 90 is about. All right. Sorry to leave you hanging with all those questions. Thank you very much, and we'll look at Lesson 3 next week. Lord.